What's up and welcome into a fresh locked on Bulls, y'all. I'm Matt. That's Big Dave. Up ahead on today's episode, we are diving into our inbox. A bunch of texts and a bunch of fun emails. Lots of different topics, including can Billy Donovan win coach of the year? And should the Bulls pursue Atlanta Hawks player Cam Reddish in a potential midseason trade? All those fun mailbag topics and more on a fresh Locked On Bulls. Let's go. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co-host Big Dave Watson here at BOW, B-A-W-L Sports. And you can follow us at Locked On Bulls. Shoot us a text or a voicemail at 331-979-1369. You can also email us, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you in part by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Big Dave. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Mailbag Dude. time. Um, just a FYI for people listening to this. We're scheduling to drop this uh, for our Friday episode this week. We're actually recording it here on Wednesday afternoon before the first of the two Bull Sixers games. Getting ahead of the game early because, Big Dave, you know what's on my docket this weekend. Uncle Matt's <laughs> going down to Texas to see the Angels, baby. I am oh. excited. Between that and Bull Sixers, I am just in the most marvelous of moods. How are you, my friend? I am beautiful. I, I do have this question. How how into the Bulls are the nieces yet? I know you've been telling them bear stuff, but how into the Bulls are they? Oh, so not as into the Bulls as the Bears because my brother-in-law, their father, he has fully accepted Bears fandom. Like, they live in Houston. He doesn't care about the Texans, Texans, whatever. He right. is a bit of a Rockets fan, so there has been ah. some contention there. But you know the Uncle Matt has just been throwing Bulls-themed gifts <laughs> since each of their respective birds. And who's coming down to Houston this weekend with more Bulls outfits for his nieces? Because, yeah, it's this guy. <laughs> Matching Bulls dresses for the precious little ones. Wow. man! I love how you have love and a, a, an agenda. That's impressive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Absolutely. I like and, That's Uncle, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, brother-in-law also, huge Astros fan. So I'm going to do my best when I'm down there this weekend to not rub it in because he knows that I think that the Astros are a bunch of cheating douchebags who should never win another World Series. You not rubbing it in. (laughs) Yeah, okay. For anyone anyone else, yes, but it's my brother-in-law. It's family, you know? Then how does he He, know how you feel about the Astros if you're not rubbing stuff in? Like, come on, man. Because I've maybe mentioned (laughs) it once or twice, and then my sister to me and my brother, my brother-brother, who of course is a cynical asshole like me, has said to us, like, hey, don't go there. Like, just just leave, just leave it alone. <laughs> it's good. Let's see how it happens. I know it's gonna come out like, man, tough game. <laughs> like something's gonna happen. It's gonna some kind of way. It's yeah, coming and, out. and then I'll duck because my brother-in-law will be mid-chucking a full unopened <laughs> beer can at my head. Hey, here's here's your next refreshment, brother. Bam. <laughs> oh, um, so okay. 
lots of fun topics in the inbox to get to today, Big Dave. And, and let's kick it off with this because this is a fun one. And I think there are kind of two sides to this argument. So okay. uh, back after the Bulls beat the Jazz last Saturday night, we got a text from the 404 who said, did we finally beat someone? Does this one count? Yes. So happy. Basketball can make me this happy. What? And then kind of on top of that, a few days later, probably after the win over Philly, we've got a text from the 309, or win over Boston, rather. We've got a text from the 309 that says, how, after all these games, do people still talk about the Bulls winning games as if they are flukes? It's never the Bulls dominated. It's always the Celtics played bad or the Jazz had an off night. Why is that? So, Big Dave, what do you think about this notion that, and yes, I've seen plenty of this on NBA Twitter and just, you know, uh, seeing people reacting, listening to other podcasts, saying, yeah, the Bulls, yeah, they're, they're yeah, they 4 0 start. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're 6 1. But, because there's always a but. Oh. And look, just to give it a quick rundown, Cade Cunningham, absent for the, for the Pistons in those two wins. No Zion in the win over the Pelicans. Even the Raptors game. This is post-Kyle Lowry Raptors that did not have the services of Pascal Siakam. Um, You know, the Utah Jazz were without Mike Conley. So in a lot of these instances, and even the Sixers miniseries on deck, not only no Ben Simmons, no Tobias Harris for sure in both of these games, no Danny Green at least on Wednesday night. Mm -hmm. But then there was that Celtics game. Mm -hmm. Because that one to me, it's like, okay, did Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both play? Yes. Did Al Horford play? Yes. Did Marcus Smart play? Did Mm -hmm. Dennis Schroeder? All of the key pieces that Celtics team were there. So there are some examples through these Bulls wins early this season to say, yeah, but Mm -hmm. the Celtics win does not fall in that category. No, not at all, Matt. I mean, winning's winning. I mean, didn't the great Dom say that in the Fast and the Furious? I don't care if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. That's all it's about, guys. Before or after he muttered something about family. No, oh, no, that family. was clear, clearly after. <laughs> clearly. The very next line, winning's also family. Like, it was clearly the next line. But, Matt, I, I don't know why they're, they're like this way with the Bulls. No one flukes themselves in the 6-1. and one. <laughs> Like, I just, I've never seen it. I've I've seen guys do it to 3-0. and oh. I've even seen right. guys do it to 4-0. and oh. A 6-1, and one, uh, that's that's kind of hard to do. And then you, I look at teams like um, the Miami Heat. I, I look at those guys, and they're amazing. By the way, Let me, I, I'm not taking again. I'm not taking right. anything at all away from the Heat, but they don't look at the Heat that same way either. Because I looked at them when they played the Nets. It's not like Kyrie is out there. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. everybody was just like, "Wow, you know, you guys destroyed. They destroyed the Nets. That's who they beat. They beat the team who was in front of them." That's all you can do, guys, is beat who is in front of you. You can't worry about all that other stuff. You got to play who's in front of you. So, yeah, if Siakam's there, maybe it changes some things. Kay Cunningham is there, maybe it changes some things. Are they undefeated since Kay Cunningham came back? I don't think so. <laughs> I, think they, I think they continue to lose like and lose some games and things like that. So, the, these things happen, you know what I'm saying? But you got to play who's in front of you. And... I don't have a problem with it. I just really don't, man. They're winning. When they beat, when I watched the Heat beat the Bucks, Drew Holiday wasn't out there. You know, n- nobody's taking that from them, though. They're like, well, right. you know, you beat the Bucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you devastated them and you demolished them. That's a good quality win. That's all it's about, guys. During the NBA season, no team is going to be fully healthy. 
Remember, right. the Bulls wouldn't catch these breaks any other year. Even, even if guys were hurt on other teams and things like that, we're still taking the L. <laughs> like, it still was going down that way. So the fact they're winning, Matt, and winning decisively, and winning, as some people say, and I can't believe I'm using this term because I hate it, but it worked. But winning the right way, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Winning on the offense and the defense and not cheating the game and stuff like that. Winning the right way. I don't know. Uh, you got to give them credit. Six and one is six and one, period. It's that simple, man. You play who's in front of you, and when you get to April and you're fighting for seeding in those playoffs, they don't have asterisks that they put in that they take into account for seeding. It's like, oh yeah, well the Bulls have 46 wins, and and you know uh, Miami has 45. You know, right? I'm not guessing that that's gonna happen. Just as, but. The Bulls played New Orleans without Zion at the beginning of the season. So, really, they only have, like, 44 and a half wins. Like, no. Wins are wins. Can you right. be, like, thankful as, as a Bulls fan that so far they've maybe caught some breaks as far as who's been available and who's been unavailable this season? Mm-hmm. Sure. But guess what? You know, it happens to every team. The Bulls last season – dealt with a lot of players that were out for health and safety protocols in this world of NBA and COVID that we're trying to deal with. And mm-hmm. earlier on in the season, it was guys was like, okay, we can, we can survive without that guy, you know, whether it be, you know, Saturansky or Garrett Temple or, or whoever. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? The Bulls are trying to fight their way into that play-in scenario in the Eastern Conference and Zach Levine misses a dozen games. Right. It right. happens right. to everyone. Right. Right now, the Bulls are maybe on a little bit of a lucky streak where – yeah, you know, the, the Bulls' chances of beating the Sixers on the road on Wednesday night significantly increase when you're not dealing with Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris in addition to Joel Embiid. Sure, yeah. it doesn't mean that if the Bulls win that game that you can just dismiss it as not a win. But, Matt, can we also remind them that Patrick Williams is out for the season? Your starting power forward is gone and they're mm-hmm. still winning. Can we remind them that Zach Levine has a torn ligament in his thumb and the right. Bulls are still winning? Right. Nobody's using it. Nobody's saying anything like that. Nobody's like, oh, man, well, you know, the Bulls have been hurt too, but, you know, they're still pulling it off. Nah, it's something the other team did. Impossible. They, they can't do it this way. So, yeah, you can't have it both ways is all I'm saying. They're either 6-1 and one and you believe in them or they're 6-1 and one and you don't. And guess what? They're 6-1 and one and who they're beating, we believe. Right. Um, you brought up Patrick Williams and his absence. Uh, there's something in our inbox that I want to get to. And Kobe White. Kobe and, White ain't there either. <laughs> and Kobe White. And Kobe White. Uh, I want to get to a Patrick Williams question in our inbox next. First, though, uh, I want to tell all of our listeners about Calm. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. Mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind to become the champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best, just like LeBron. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. As he says, quote, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I could do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, Calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge. So if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA, 
for a limited time, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium subscription. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes like rain on leaves and so much more. Sleep stories, meditations, so you can be ready for any challenges that life throws your way. Again, for a limited time, our Locked On Bulls listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. Oh, I would love to know what was going on in your brain reading that about LeBron. But yes. No, you don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Actually, I, I think I know we share a brain, so I, I kind of know. <laughs> um, I want to talk about something, and it's McDonald's. And I love doing this, Matt, because it reminds me of all the times I've had in my life where McDonald's played an important role. I remember... Going to college, I used to take the Greyhound bus. I would go down, and every time we would take the bus, they would make a stop every time at McDonald's. And everybody would get off. They were excited get their food. This one particular time, Matt, when I got on the bus and I knew we were stopping McDonald's, I knew in my brain what I wanted. I knew exactly what I wanted. I couldn't wait to get there. What I wanted, four large high C orange drinks. That's oh. all I wanted. Oh. That's all I wanted. I walked in. That's what I ordered. No fries, no nothing. Just those four. And I got on that bus, and I'm talking about the happiest ride of my life. I drank them all. I was so excited, man. Those are the things that McDonald's brings. That's why they're the community, because of all the great memories that they provide. And now and now you can go there, and you connect with them on Wi-Fi. And you can still do your birthday parties there. And, you know, little Little League game, guess where the kids want to go? They want to go to McDonald's. So stop in Mickey D's after that big sporting event, you know, and get that high C orange like I did. Head to your local McDonald's, y'all, to refuel and reconnect. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, high C orange. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful. Um, all right, Big really Dave, happy. the next text comes to us from the 618 who Monday night, uh, or so no, this was actually a text from Monday afternoon before the Celtics game. The 618 says, is it just me or did the Bulls look better without P. Will? Now, basically, here's what I have to say to that question. You can talk about what the Bulls rotation looks like without Patrick Williams in it. You can talk about what that Bulls starting five looks like without Patrick Williams in it. Are the Bulls, as a from one to fifteen roster, better off without Patrick Williams being one of those fifteen? No, no, they're not. And to me, the biggest focus the Bulls fans should be thinking about is not, oh wow, you know, like Patrick Williams, he was overrated. We're going to win games without him. Um, you know, he's not that important. Y'all need to remember something. Selecting this 19-year-old kid with the fourth overall pick in the NBA draft was the first major decision that this new front office made. Do you have faith in this new front office and our 6-1 and one start? Do you like what they did in the offseason? Then have faith in the fact that they drafted that kid for a reason. And he was robbed of his rookie year training camp. He was robbed of his before his second season training camp because of an injury. Ooh. And a few underwhelming performances, what, four games in to a season before he 
you know, suffers this horribly unfortunate fluke injury where he gets upended in the air going up for what looked like it might have been a monster dunk a few Seriously. plays after he was finally show, showing a bit more of the aggression that some Bulls fans were harping for, asking for. I don't want to hear anyone asking, are the Bulls better without Patrick Williams? Because you are missing the forest for the trees. Oh, Matthew Peck, ladies and gentlemen, he is correct. That's the biggest point for me, Matt, is, yeah, a team looks better. Everybody who has been in training camp and played all the preseason games looks better together. Yeah. Patrick Williams, like you said, coming in his second year, missed the majority of that camp, like you said, with the injury, and missed three of the four preseason games. He only played in the last one, and they only played, you know, just spot sparingly. It wasn't even a big thing that he did. And then they're like, okay, now you start. And so, yeah, he's going to – and then in the first game, he hurts his shoulder. <laughs> like, you know, like, what are you – you guys are missing that. You know what I mean? And I think guys are really missing that point of it, is he didn't come in healthy. He did not start the season healthy. And for missing most of your training camp, dealing with the ankle injury, guess what you do with your ankle? You run. <laughs> guess what it's hard to do when you're hurt? Run. So, yeah, that's very important to your conditioning and figure out what you need, where you need to be with the team. So they, he's just developing chemistry. Billy Donovan talked about this, Matt, when he said, when they were talking about how the Bulls would be really good offensively, he mm -hmm. was like, yeah. He was like, but the defensively, I'm not worried. It's the offense I'm worried about because that, that takes chemistry. Guys got to figure each other out. It looked like that with Patrick Williams, didn't it? Looking like I'm trying to figure out where I need to be, what they want me to do, you know, what they, what they want. Do, should I float a three-point line? Should I go up and down this baseline? What should I do? You saw it starting to click a little bit in that Knicks game. That's when you started to get a little excited about him. But, man, to just say, oh, that's it. We look better without him. <laughs> nope, you're done. You failed, and you're done. You need to stop it <laughs> right about now. You need to chill on out, man. Let that dude heal up and get back. And I think he's going to show that promise that Matt not sees when he gets back. Seriously. He's good, y'all. Like, for real, he's good. In case there were any people unsure, me and this guy right here, firmly deep digging down in the sand on Patrick Williams Island. Okay? Right. That clear it up? We in there. We in oh. All right, uh, this next one, Big Dave, is a fun uh, hypothetical. Oh. 574 texts okay. in saying, hey, guys, thoughts on the Bulls trading for Cam Reddish in the wake of the Patrick Williams injury? Let's say they have to give up Portland's pick this year, the Cavs' second as well, for him. Would you pull the trigger on that? Do you think Atlanta would do it? As for Reddish, I think he's a high upside guy that could provide much-needed scoring off the bench along with Kobe when he comes back at that wing spot. Should be able to work him into the trade exception, I think. Does it change your thoughts on? Uh, does it change your thoughts if the Bulls end up getting their first taken for the Lonzo Ball tampering investigation? Might not address the size at that position, but could be a way to add another young, exciting piece to our core. Let me know what you guys think. Go Bulls! Thanks for checking in, and um, mm -hmm. thanks for the question. The part of that texter's question that I think is the most important was when he said, do you think the Hawks would go for it? Because my um, answer there, which is very simple, and I think makes a lot of the rest of that kind of talk and questioning obsolete, no. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a maybe first-round pick from mm -hmm. Portland, you know, which is assuming that Portland makes the playoffs and is not protecting that pick via the lottery protection – 
And if they make the playoffs this year, they're going to barely make the playoffs. So it's not like that pick is going to be all that high, assuming they don't get wildly lucky in the lottery. Um, so, like, I, I look, Cam Reddish still has two years of team control. He's rookie extension eligible at the end of this season. For the production he gives them, he is on a very team-friendly $5.9 next season. And worst-case scenario, if they don't get an extension sorted out with him this offseason, he's a restricted free agent in 2023, and the Atlanta Hawks control his rights. I don't know why you would give up on a player like that for uh, a maybe kind of wishy-washy Portland pick and a second-round pick. Yeah. I think I think the other thing, Matt, that he said in there that caught me was it doesn't address the size issue. I'm like, yeah, that's the biggest point for me. Like, the Bulls are lacking size. One thing they're not lacking is wings. Right. <laughs> like, they got plenty of those, man. We got plenty of wings, brother. We got a six-piece with some hot sauce on it, baby. We got plenty of wings ready to go. We don't have size. So if you says if you wanted to say how hypothetical and throw John Collins in there, I think that's a better thing I could I could hear because that right. addresses the size issue. But to just go get another wing just to go get another wing, I I don't see I don't see the point or the reasoning. And and I like Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish is good, but I don't see that reasoning why you would go do that. And like Matt said, I don't see Atlanta going for that either. I don't think they would make that move. You know what I'm saying? Yet. I think they're still wanting him to develop, you know what I'm saying, see what he turns out to be and things like that. But, yeah, give me some size. You know what I'm saying? Not another wing like that. But I need a power forward, and we need, you know, more size on our team other than, you know, another wing. Yeah, and just to look at what Reddish has done so far this season, like, you know, obviously uh, there was a lot of Reddish talk maybe coming into this season, before the season, during last season as, you know, this Hawks team is young and they've got all these amazing pieces and they made that crazy playoff run. But Cam Reddish's first two years in the league certainly – underwhelming compared to expectations for a former 10th overall pick, right? Especially when you looked at his shooting. Shot 38% from the floor in his rookie season. Shot 36% from the floor his uh, second season. And that's not three-pointers. That's from the floor. This season, this season, however, and again, yes, small sample size. We'll have to say that until at least 20 to 25 games into the season. Right. But in seven games off the bench for Atlanta, 16 points per game off the bench on 45 from the floor and 44% from behind the three-point arc. Mm, and that's on and that's on five attempts a game. He's shooting 44 44.4% on five three attempts per game and he's giving him 16 points off the bench. If if Atlanta if he continues to play like that and Atlanta sees oh his shooting's finally coming around, and this is a six foot eight, seven one wingspan wing that, with all of these other pieces, is wildly helpful and versatile on the defensive end. What team in the NBA right now would be in a hurry to get rid of that guy? Seriously, man. And you know the thing about Atlanta too, like they're loaded, <laughs> like with that young, yeah, young talent right. on their team. You don't start unloading that young talent until things start not working. So you just coming off of, you know, getting to the Easter Conference Finals, um, and then you come in this season. I don't know their record um, right now at this point, but you come into this season and you got, you know, these high expectations for your team, and you want to see how far you can go. You, you've seen yourself in Easter Conference Finals, so of course you're going to have high expectations for yourself. You wouldn't get rid of that young of a talent this early. 
you you want to see things you know like trimming the fat you know what i'm saying as the season goes along or mm-hmm. even next season comes up then you can start trimming fat saying you know what he's not he doesn't mesh here we're not going to need this here we should make this move right there so yeah i, I, I don't think they'll do it now uh atlanta as we are recording this wednesday afternoon four and three uh tied with brooklyn for eighth in the east the east start has been weird man you want (laughs) you want to know what you want to know what eight nine and ten in the east are as of right now wednesday afternoon blow my mind matt brooklyn nets atlanta hawks milwaukee bucks eight nine ten wow 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 (laughs) that's washington Wizards. meanwhile five and two Toronto Raptors five and three. The Raptors are good, man. I love the way they play. They play tough. They really. Oh, do. but our win against them doesn't count, though. Remember, Dave. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, forgot the rules, Matt. Sorry, I forgot the rules. <laughs> uh, all right, Big Dave. We've got a couple uh, other uh, mailbag topics to get to. Before that, though, tell our wonderful listeners and fellow Bulls fans out there about Bill Bars. Oh, you know what? It is Zach Gilford approved. It is what Rockapella is singing about all the time with that excitement. You know what it is, y'all. It is, built... <laughs> it is built to the bar, y'all. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, and high taste. All of these beautiful flavors they got, the Raspberry Built Bar. Instead of going a raspberry pie during the holidays, get you a Raspberry Built Bar. Imagine showing up at the Thanksgiving table. And they're like, where's the pie? You're like, nope, I care about your health and your well-being. And you toss out some built bars on the table. They might be mad at first until they bite into it and say, you know what? This is damn good. And you know what? It's covered in 100% real chocolate. So don't be mad at me. I'm trying to help you on this Thanksgiving. So get you some built bars, y'all. Because you know what they also going to do, Matt? Because built bar is so cool. That Built Bar Black Friday. You need to mark your calendar for that, y'all. Because on Black Friday, there will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Oh, my God. You know they're going to do it right. You know they're going to do it right. I'm excited. So go to Built.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your order. That is LOCKED15 for 15% off your order order save your family's lives cut out all that junk and toss them some built bars and let them all be happy because they're eating good and they don't even know it built bar enjoy it Mm. all right big dave this uh this last topic is going to be a fun one i think this comes to us via email uh from Wojtek in poland who said watching that bulls celtics game i also thought about the coaching search. Ime Udoka was one of the candidates for the Bulls, but when Billy Donovan became available, Acme did not hesitate. They knew that with the first-time head coach, you never know, even after the thorough coaching search. Maybe you can find another Nick Nurse, but you could also stumble on another Nate Bjorkren. So mm. if you want to win, the best way is to find someone that has proven already that they can win. It's interesting to see how other candidates considered by the Bulls are doing. It seems like Udoka and Steven Silas are struggling. West Ensel Jr. has had a good start, but there is no question that Donovan was the best option for a team that wanted to start winning right away. It shows mm-hmm. the consistency of this Bulls regime. They said they wanted to win, not rebuild, and they chose the right and proven coach. Do you think 
that Billy Donovan is already an early candidate for the Coach of the Year Award. Thanks for the great podcast and go Bulls. Wojtek, thanks for checking in all the way from Poland, Wojtek. Big Dave, uh, what do you got on this? I don't see why not. I mean, you're 6-1, which I believe at this day and time right now is the best record, not only in the East, but in the league. Tied and now that Miami won on Tuesday night. Correct, correct, correct. And so that's incredible. Your top 10 in, in offensive net rating and defensive net rating, also the Miami Heat are like that as well. So why wouldn't you be? Honestly, Matt, think about it like this. If you said this, if you asked this question and said that about Eric Spolstra, would anybody bat an eye? I don't think anybody would bat one eye. They would say, you know what? Absolutely. That's an early season favorite for coach of the year. So why not Billy Donovan? Haven't they gone through a little more adversity as far as losing Patrick Williams, as far as not having Kobe White out there, as far as having the best player on the team be injured, but still break the Zach Levine streak and get him his four wins in a row? And now you're about to looking for your third win and another fourth win when you play Philly back-to-back, and you're still out there competing every night? Did you not see the game against Boston where we broke the entire city? (laughs) Like, they broke the city. The coaching decisions he makes, Matt, are just amazing. Like, I, t- I talked about it here last time, that play when in, in the Boston game when DeMar DeRozan brings the ball up in the fourth quarter and you see Marcus Smart bodying him, you know what I'm saying, try- trying to push him back over the half-court line. He jumps and throws it to Vooch. He almost turns it over. What's Billy Donovan do immediately? Timeout. <laughs> Y'all need to stop. Stop this madness right now. Let's settle down and draw up something nice. I've watched Billy Donovan win a lot of these games with coaching. You've seen the strategery, and I know that's not a word, but I like saying it. You've seen I'll, the strategery. You <laughs> Thank you. Oh, because I said it because I meant it. You've seen the strategery of my main man, Billy Donovan. And it's been amazing to watch it. Have starting Javante Green in that basically first three quarters. He was Javante Green. And then in the fourth quarter, it was Derrick Jones Jr. all day long. Playing Io huge minutes from the time the regular season started. And it's been incredible dividends paid running four guard lineups out there with Javante Green and power forward. And it's successful. Come on, man. What he's doing with the pieces that people say wouldn't fit mm-hmm. and now making it look like that. Easy early season candidate for coach of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Look. You know, do I think the Bulls are going to finish the season on a winning percentage trajectory of six and one? Probably not. Okay. But even if they still wildly outperform the median line expectation of the experts, the GM survey of the offseason, the NBA journalists and panelists and analysts and all of the ists who said, oh my God. <laughs> hey, what's up? What's up, Tim Bontemps? Talking to you right now, pal. How you doing? You got you got enough Bulls fans in your mentions? You having fun? What about you, John Hollinger, co-host of a Locked On podcast? How you doing? Look, they're like they're what if what if there were like awards that were like the we're sorry award? Like mm-hmm. apologize, apologies are deserved to Arturis yeah. and Mark Everson. Apologies to Demar Derozan. We all thought you were washed and suck. It would make the Bulls terrible. Apo- but the coach. The coach might be the one person here, Big Dave, who instead of a fake, uh, we don't have an award for this, but we're sorry, gets credit. Now, look, if the Bulls end up as a top four seed in the East when nobody thought they really would be, there will be plenty of credit to be spread around. 
Zach Levine will get a hell of a lot of it, and he will deserve it. DeMar will get it, and he will deserve it. Vooch, Lonzo, right on down the line. Billy Donovan winning Coach of the Year is a very realistic way of someone within this Bulls organization and the way that they have revamped everything will give credit, will get the credit that is deserved, especially as you have pointed out, Dave, early on this season, you're already seeing ways within game and game to game that he is adjusting his strategies, he is adjusting his matchups to prove to people, yeah, there's a reason I won two NCAA titles. There's a reason I had all those winning seasons in OKC, despite the fact that my roster in those five seasons of OKT, OKC was a freaking Rolodex of players, right? One in, one out, revolving door. Didn't matter. What was the one constant? Billy Donovan. Wins. Billy Donovan. Let me tell you this, Big Dave. And you know where I looked up these odds? Because, of course, I looked them up at Bet Online. Where else? Middle of August. The Coach of the Year odds, winner of Coach of the Year odds. Billy Donovan was kind of in the hunt, uh, 12 to 1. Steve Kerr was the odds-on favorite at 8 to 1. Steve Nash, 9 to 1. Uh, some other coaches kind of flirting in that area. Spolstra, of course. Um, you know, and then fast forward, you also had Monty Williams and Frank Vogel that had some pretty good odds. Fast forward to October 19th, day before the NBA season starts. Billy Donovan, still 12 to 1. No movement. Mm -hmm. November 1st, Mm -hmm. Billy Donovan now is the best odds on favorite to win coach of the year at 15 to 2. Wow. No, no, it's impossible, man. Those are flukes. (laughs) Impossible. You can't have those odds on you with all this flukiness happening. Impossible. Impossible. You can't go down that way. No, 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 no. <laughs> Billy Donovan has been absolutely amazing. And guys still haven't figured out the offense yet. They still haven't clicked yet. It still right. hasn't happened yet. They're still working on that. But the fact people always forget, Matt, Billy Donovan is a defensive coach also. Shout out Mo Cheeks. Mm-hmm. They are defensive coaches, man. All right. They know how to coach themselves some defense. Boy, once that offense matches how this defense is playing, and I think a lot of that will click when Kobe White finally gets back in there. So everybody will kind of know their role kind of situation. You know what I'm saying? Kobe knows his and everybody else around that bench will know theirs. That will kind of click. Man, when that starts clicking for these Bulls, boys, this season continues to go on. <laughs> Yeah, he should be the odds-on favorite right now. It's It's been incredible with the adversity, as I mentioned, that he has. He's got adversity to deal with, and he's still coaching around it and coaching through it, not panicking, not getting too high, not getting too low, just staying the course, man, and holding his teammates accountable. You know what I'm saying? Holding those guys accountable for what they do out there. It's great to watch. It really is. It's just really great to watch. I've I've grown to love his timeouts after uh, the Bulls get a rebound, this looked like they're starting to break it. He calls a timeout. Like mm-hmm. He's like, nope, timeout. I've grown to like that because I promise you if this was happening years before, I would have been losing my mind at those coaches. You know why? Because they had no strategy to figure that stuff out and come up with it. Zero of it. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Um, all right. Let, let's quickly look at this last one because uh, it's fun sure. before we get out of here. This last text from the 731. Who said, I've been watching basketball for about 20 years. 
and I've seen hundreds and hundreds of NBA games and have never in my life seen a team give up 100 points through three quarters and win the game until Mm. tonight. 39 to 11 fourth quarter NBA take notice Uh, that clearly in reaction to the Bulls Celtics game from Monday. Uh, Look, actually, in the last several seasons, when points are just being poured in, uh, obviously, with some of the new rule changes this year, scoring is down across the league so far. But, you know, uh, a Western Conference game between two Western Conference teams that aren't interested in a whole lot of defense, a 103 to 101 end of a third quarter is not like unheard of. However, This is why I wanted to read this one. The stat that I did see, and this is legit from ESPN Stats and Info. Did you see this, Big Dave? No. no. During the shot clock era, the Bulls Celtics game for Monday night was the first time ever in the shot clock era that a team coming into the fourth quarter trailing by at least 14 points ended up winning the game by 14 points or more. Wow. That's a heck of a stat. <laughs> wow. The first time ever in the shot. Wow. It, it, or may have, I Impressive. can't remember if it was first time ever, or it was either that or definitely only one other time. It was either first time ever or second ever time in the shot clock era. Still either way, Still that's impressive. crazy. Yeah. Incredibly impressive, man. Again, just going back to Billy Donovan, you know what I'm saying? Keeping those guys uh, calm, staying in the course, you know, putting in the right substitutions. Again, letting I.O. play in the fourth quarter. There are a lot of coaches who wouldn't do that. And I'm talking about coach of the year coaches who wouldn't even consider putting in a rookie in that situation. Billy Donovan's a little different with his, man. And it's paying dividends, guys. That's the key about it. Your Two of your stars struggle scoring, but one of them is DeMar DeRozan, who's been losing his mind because he's mm-hmm. getting more wide open looks because you can't double team him because of the all-stars that you got around him. Not co- letting Lonzo Ball call the plays out there, letting guys be comfortable. Like, it's just great what he does. I love listening to him in the postgame too, Matt. Like, I, I feel like I learn something new every single time. It's not the same old spiel every single but, time. I man. mean, like, Big Dave, has he even once told us yet that they battled after losing by 20? Because that's what I'm looking for in a postgame press conference. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. They battled, Dave. They battled. They uh, battled like a bunch of ballers. <laughs> uh, oh man! Uh, speaking, oh, speaking of speaking of coach of the uh, year candidates, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man, I'm, that stuff is so wiped from my memory, and I'm just happy mm. I don't have to watch it anymore and deal with it anymore, man. My God, what what tough things we went through. What horrible things we went through, Bulls fans. Have joy about what you're seeing and looking at, guys. Truly. Because, man, we went through some trash for (laughs) years. Dark times. But now, dark times, man. But now, dark beer. But now, (laughs) everything is cool. Everything is wonderful. Optimism everywhere abounding. Um, That's it. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Thanks to everyone who chipped into that inbox of ours, 331-979-1369 is that number if you want to be part of the show here on Lockdown Bulls. And I know, I know, I think we've got 
uh, somewhere around three or four dozen fresh voicemails as well. We'll do a voicemail episode next week, kind of alternating between those and texts and emails. So hang tight and also leave your voicemails there if you want to. You can also email us, gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. He is at Bow, B-A-W-L Sports. We are at Locked on Bulls. We'll be back on Monday with a fresh episode breaking down this mini series between the Bulls and the Sixers. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. We love you, Bulls Nation. Till next time. See Red, be good. Peace out.